It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Could the Sacramento Kings convince the Golden State Warriors to trade them the number two overall pick in the 2020 NBA Draft? Wes Goldberg, the host of the Locked On Warriors podcast and Locked On NBA, joins me today. We're going to throw out some hypothetical trade ideas and try and get an understanding of how highly the Warriors value number two overall and what they're planning on doing with that pick. Maybe we can get a deal done. You'll find out on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for approaching six years next month, and I just wrapped up my sixth season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And if you didn't see the news, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the NBA is likely to postpone the NBA draft until November 18th. We expected a postponement was coming. We knew that the NBA season, next season, was not going to start on December 1st or even on Christmas Day like initially the NBA had hoped. Adam Silver made that very clear before the draft lottery. So, we figured that things were going to be pushed back. And in reality, this actually helps the Kings, even if it hurts our impatience, because the Kings need all the time they can get right now to go through the interview process, talk to multiple candidates, and hire the right guy to take over the head of basketball operations for the Sacramento Kings. Now, seemingly, they'll have more time. Yesterday on the Locked On Kings podcast, we talked a lot about the six names that the Sacramento Kings requested interviews for to fill their head of basketball operations vacancy. 
We went through their resumes. I shared with you the candidates that I really like, some that I don't necessarily prefer. A lot of you responded with names that you like via social media and via email. Thank you all for that. But already, not 24 hours later, one guy has already said, thanks, but no thanks. And that is Pelicans general manager Trajan Langdon, who today declined the Kings interview request. He may be the first, but he's probably not going to be the last. And it may seem like he scorned the Sacramento Kings, which he kind of did. But think about it. Why would he want to leave a situation where he is in charge or is making decisions, the general manager for a team that has the number one overall pick in Zion Williamson, has the most improved player in Brandon Ingram, pieces like Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick, plus he's working under Griffin. Why would you want to leave that for the Sacramento Kings? And there are going to be a lot of candidates that will be asking themselves that very question. Why would I want to leave where I'm at, my established position, to take over the Sacramento Kings? Sure, it's a better job, and sure, I would be the guy in full control, and maybe it comes with a nice paycheck, but do I want to uproot my family and move all the way to California to work for the worst NBA franchise in recent memory? Hate to say that, but it's true. 14 straight seasons of no playoffs. Kings are staring 15 right in the face. And you best believe candidates are paying attention to that. But overall, this is not really a bad thing for the Sacramento Kings. And the Kings shouldn't be embarrassed by this. In fact, I think they should expect it from a majority of the candidates that they reach out to. Even the ones that accept an interview request just to have the conversation knowing it's probably not going anywhere. It's much better for the Kings to reach out to these big names and be turned down than it would be to not even try and go and get the guy that isn't doing anything else that absolutely would say yes. Much better. Before my conversation with Locked On Warriors host Wes Goldberg, it's time to thank another one of our fantastic sponsors here of the Locked On Kings podcast, DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the United States, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's all one word, Locked On NBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy to be joined right now by the host of the Locked On Warriors podcast, and you'll hear him on our Locked On NBA National Show on Tuesdays. It's Wes Goldberg joining me. Wes, so good to talk to you, my friend. It's it's weird. I know you're you're covering the Golden State Warriors, and they're not playing during this playoff period. First time in a long time that that's happened. Uh, but I hope you are managing to get through this strange off season that we're going through. We just found out today that the NBA is is pushing the draft back a little bit, so we have to be a little more patient for that news to cover and the Golden State Warriors have a lot to do uh, with this draft with the number two overall pick will they trade it will they uh, keep it and draft a, uh, a future star will they maybe potentially look to shop the pick around and see if they could get a, a decent player to help them get right back into the championship picture Wes it's so good to talk to you thanks for joining me thanks for having me on it's been sort of this um, never-ending nothingness of content for me as a Warriors beat writer but um, you know it's a lot of draft material it's a lot of that sort of stuff I'm, I feel like I'm one of these front office guys and coaches like breaking down film so granularly on some of these guys so it's been a I don't know it's been a fun change of pace right definitely it's definitely different I mean you have to get creative and, and that's what's really cool about the long Tom podcast network is they've allowed us to get very creative and I was fortunate enough to at least cover eight games of the Kings in the bubble. So that gave us a few weeks of content. You have not gotten uh, that luxury, but still plenty to talk about in regards to the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. And then what was the reaction, at least from Golden State Warriors fans and from you, when the, uh, the Warriors won the number two pick in the lottery? Was it disappointing that it wasn't number one overall, or was it, it's a, it's a top three pick, we'll take it. Mostly positive. I think the disappointment by Warriors fans is just mostly in regard to this draft in general. It just being a relatively weak draft, um, according to most, you know, draft experts. But uh, I, I think it was pretty well established that, you know, the the value of being of having the worst record in the league was not in that you had the best chance at landing. Number one is that you had no chance of falling out of the top five. I've, I know myself and a number of the other beat writers and people covering the Warriors basically hammered that home pretty often. Um, and so did the Warriors front office. So I think Warriors fans have been pretty smart enough to realize like, all right, just because you're the worst team doesn't mean you're going to get the number one pick. Um, I think it's helpful that Minnesota has the number one pick because if you're a Warriors fan, you just assume that they're going to screw it up because they tend to do that. And uh, that should put the Warriors in a pretty good position. Look, with the number two pick you mentioned, it before you still have a lot of options whether you're still very much in the driver's seat as far as this draft is concerned you have an ability to trade back because you're still within that realm of those consensus top three guys and anthony edwards lamella ball and james wiseman you you're not really going to need to trade up to go get one of the guys you like and uh or of course you could trade out of the draft completely and still i know it's a weak draft but the number two pick is still a valuable commodity in the nba it might not be as valuable as it would be in an otherwise strong draft but it still has value and it might be still uh, Golden State's best trade asset moving forward. Do you have any fingers on the pulse or a feeling of what the Warriors might do or are leaning towards doing with this number two pick, selecting a player or trying to to trade it away for assets? Do you have a, a, a feeling on that? Yeah, I've, I think, look, they're going to be open to trading this pick. I've already reported that like they are. They're, they're going to even maybe even be aggressive if depending on the guy that they like. Like if New Orleans is willing to move up and offer a guy like Drew Holiday, that is going to be a conversation that the Warriors front office has. Uh, but I also know that uh, there's a lot of people out there that just assume that they're going to either trade back or trade out to just get a guy who's more within the age range of Steph and Clay and Draymond Green. And 
And I don't think that that's the case. That should not be just a given. Like they're not going to move back for some, you know, Joe Ingles type player, you know, like they're not going to move back for a guy like they're going to need to get an all-star in return if they're going to be moving off this pick, because they also strongly value this opportunity that's in front of them. It's not often that you can add a number two pick to a core of staff uh, of guys like Steph Clay and Draymond who are, you know, championship caliber players, championship winning players. Um, and they, they know that. And just because it's considered a weak draft doesn't mean that there's not going to be an all-star or multiple all-stars come out of this draft. And they've been preparing to make this pick since December. Um, and like, this was after Steph Curry broke his hand. They knew that they were going to be bad. They may have not known they were going to have the worst record in the league bad, but they knew that they were going to be picking high in this lottery. And so they've been preparing for this pick uh, for a very long time. They're going to have another month now to prepare for this pick with this draft being pushed back to November likely. And so um, it's not long story short, Matt, it's not a given that they're going to try to trade out or trade down. They are prepared to take somebody at number two. I actually talked with somebody in the Warriors front office a couple of weeks ago after the lottery, or maybe it was right before the lottery. And yeah, it was before the lottery. And I asked him, you know, depending on what happens tonight in the lottery, are you guys prepared to make a pick at one, two, three? And he said, absolutely. Like we're, we, we feel good about making a pick there, but we're also going to, you know, be open to all these other options. And what would you say is the best case scenario pick wise for the Golden State Warriors at this time? It could be your read on the organization or your own personal opinion. Is it that Anthony Edwards slides? Is it LaMelo Ball, Wiseman? Who is that guy right there? If the Warriors made that pick, the, the best guy that in your opinion, they could get in that spot. Uh, my opinion, and I think what the Warriors thinking is, if Anthony Edwards is there at number two, they're going to just go ahead and take him. That's the best case scenario. Now, if Minnesota takes Anthony Edwards at number one, there's a lot of rumors lately that they're going to go ahead with LaMelo Ball. I actually think that that's definitely, a, a, I think that's a possibility that they could take LaMelo at number one. And if that's the case, um, and Anthony Edwards is there at number two, I think Golden State is very happy and prepared to just go ahead and grab him. Um, cause he fits in exactly with what they want to do. What Golden State wants out of this, out of this pick, if they're going to indeed use it is, um, they want a player who can contribute right away and potentially blossom into a all-star in the future. And, and they, I think specifically are interested in getting a wing player who can do that. Um, cause they're, they're they have a need at that position. As you and I know in the NBA, you can never have too many wings. Those guys are going to play if they're good. And if they can go out and get one of like an Anthony Edwards, if he's there, then he's got the potential not only to play right away because, you know, he's an, he's athletic. He projects as a strong defender. If he can get his act together on that end, um, you know, you like the, his ability to potentially be cutting off the ball, especially if he's playing with Steph and Clay and he's got all this space in front of him. And then, you know, he's got this shot creation ability. He's got a high ceiling. It's why he's, you know, one of these guys that's in the consensus top three. He, could, he does have all-star potential, so that would be the best-case scenario for the Warriors. So it is a very unique situation, and I'm, I'm glad that I had the, the right sense on what this organization was trying to do, and it, it's not a pat on the back because I think it's pretty obvious to everybody. The Golden State Warriors are operating with the expectation that they're going to be right back in the running next season. And from a Sacramento Kings perspective, looking at that, you look at the Warriors and the Timberwolves, who in the end, after the bubble, are the only two teams that are really beneath the Kings in the standings. Well, we can't really consider the Warriors worse than the Kings, can we? Because we know where they're headed, barring injury. And the Golden State, or rather the Minnesota Timberwolves, ended up with the number one overall pick. They have Carl Anthony Towns. They have D'Angelo Russell. They are seemingly moving 
in the right direction. So from Sacramento's perspective, there's many of us preparing for the likelihood of the Kings being a bottom two team in the West next year, maybe even the worst team in the West. And could they potentially set themselves up now with this new front office regime coming in to get a top pick in what's considered to be a a strong 2021 draft, at least in this point in time? However, if the Kings wanted to continue to try and win right away and make sure that they didn't miss the playoffs for a 15th straight season, maybe they could get weird and and tricky uh, in the draft market. And they could do that by potentially shopping someone like Buddy Heald to the Philadelphia 76ers and get a player like Al Horford or Tobias Harris that maybe helps them win now. Maybe they try and get assets to help them in the future and, and decide to go the tanking route. But all that being said, from the Golden State Warriors perspective, Kings and Warriors trying to enter into any kind of negotiations to see if Sacramento could put together an offer to move up to the number two overall pick. In your mind, looking at this Kings roster, realistically, is there anything that you could see the Warriors being interested in that the Kings would part from to convince Golden State to take the 12 pick and allow Sacramento to move up to two? So I've got two ideas. One is pretty crazy, and I'm going to save that one. But the first idea is the one that's pretty much out there um, as, a, as an established rumor. It would be Marvin Bagley and the Sacramento pick to move up to number two for the Warriors. Um, that, to me, is at least interesting because you look at what the Warriors have been looking for. They desperately want a floor-spacing center, right? And I think Bagley, if, if everything worked out, with him he's a center in the nba not a power forward and and certainly if he was playing on golden state draymond green would be the the power forward and he would be moved over to center right and he showed some flashes his rookie year as a three-point shooter he shot 31 percent from three-point range on a limited amount of attempts um and then you know in his injured he only played what 13 games for sacramento last year and he he shot like 18 percent from three-point range but he was four of 22 so not great but it's hard to really judge him on such a small sample size so look, he's, he's got the touch. I think maybe the Warriors would be intrigued by that. Um, you know, there's, he's shown flashes of being a really good rebounder. I think the Warriors could use help on the boards. He's obviously gives them size and athleticism, which is something that they don't have. Um, I think it's interesting that they compared Bagley when they drafted him to Kevin Durant and the Warriors just lost Kevin Durant. I don't know if that matters at all. I just found it interesting and worth bringing up, but um that to me is the only thing that really makes sense. I think the Warriors would have to either acquire Bagley with a, a part of their trade exception, or maybe they could send like a Kevon Looney contract and a couple of other contracts back in order to match salary. But that would be the, 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 the building blocks of a deal would be Bagley. And then the Kings pick at number 12 for Golden State's pick at number two. That's something I would at least think about. And before we get to the crazy aspect, that that trade is something that I've seen talked about. I've seen brought up. Uh, members of King's Twitter are very divided on this. I've seen some people say, absolutely do the deal immediately. You don't know if Marvin Bagley can play. You see the other half of King's Twitter saying, no, Marvin Bagley was a number two overall pick. We can't judge him too harshly because of his injuries right now. He could still be a fantastic player for the Kings. And what are you hoping to get with number two if you trade Marvin Bagley away? Is it Do you value James Wiseman that highly that you want to bring him in now as your, your go-to starting center for the future? And I know some people aren't as high 
on James Wiseman uh, as others are. I look at that trade and I probably lean more towards, I'm not on any extreme side, but I lean more towards the Kings trying to hang on uh, to Marvin Bagley to see if something works. The guy who drafted him is gone, but he's still here. And Bagley, unfortunately, is blamed uh, and compared, because naturally he's going to be to Luka Doncic, but blamed for a lot of mistakes of the Kings organization, and his injury problems have not helped with that. I also wonder, you said that at least starts a conversation. Wes, I don't think that Marvin Bagley and the number 12 overall pick, I don't know if that is honestly enough to move up from uh, to number two. And I honestly also think from a Kings perspective that they don't feel that they're getting enough for Marvin Bagley, if that's possible. Yeah, look, I'm more, I'm more in line with you. I don't really think the trade makes sense for either team. Um, I think it's kind of a bad trade, even though it's been out out there enough. I know it starts, a, I, I say it starts a conversation only because now, you know, we're talking about a, uh, re, a young player with all-star type of potential, which is what Golden State ultimately hopes to acquire with this. But for Sacramento, for, but for the Warriors, it does, I don't know if they want to move that far back in the draft. Like you kind of want to, I think if the Warriors stay, you know, in the top half of the lottery and not the bottom half of the lottery, that's a very different type of pick, right? And it's not to say that you can't get as good of a player because this draft, I think, is going to be very fluid. But you're just in so much less control at 12 than you are at number two. And I don't know that the Warriors view Bagley uh, so much, especially coming off of that injury um, and his history and just general lack of production, honestly, at the NBA level. Like, I don't don't think they feel so strongly about Bagley that they'd be willing to move back 12 spots or or 10 spots and then sweat for those 10 selections. Uh, But then for the Kings... Like you're really going to give up, you know, two assets for one. Like that doesn't make sense to me, especially again in this draft where you could probably get a uh, as good a player at 12 as you can in the top five or so. Um, so I, I don't think it makes sense for the Kings, especially because Bagley's like you could argue Marvin Bagley's trade value will never be lower than it is right now. And so you at least, you know, owe it to yourself and to him to just see if he can get healthy for a year and, and, and try to build up his trade value, or maybe he just turns out to be a good player for you. Um, yeah, that, I don't think it makes sense for either team. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, is back as a supporter and sponsor of the Locked on Kings podcast. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and now six brand new flavors like cookies and cream, caramel brownie, and carrot cake. That includes their 12 original flavors also like raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, and my favorite, mint brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft, and they're easy to chew. And on top of being delicious and tasting like candy bars, Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie and low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. The cookies and cream bars quickly become my wife's favorite bar. And here's why. Not only does it taste good, 17 grams of protein packed in this thing, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. I really like the coconut almond bar, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, Built Bar is offering a free cooler with purchase while supplies last, but that's not even the best part of their deal. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get $10 off of your next order. 
not your first order, your next order. So if you're a Locked On Kings listener and you've used our Built Bar promo code before, you can use it again and get $10 off of your next order. That's promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I'm fascinated by this crazy trade idea that you have, and I wonder if it involves Buddy Heald. I'll ask you specifically about Buddy a little bit later, but uh, if you're willing, share this crazy idea that you have. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I knew I was coming onto your show, obviously, so I was just sort of looking at Sacramento's roster, and it's not you know dotted with a bunch of amazing players and great assets, but um, there is a familiar name on there, and that's Harrison Barnes. Uh, I, I wonder, like the Warriors could really use a Harrison Barnes type, a guy who can play both forward positions, can allow, like he did in Golden State, in small ball situations, Draymond Green to move over to the center spot, and he provides enough size as a small ball four that you can get away with that. Um, they, they need shooting. They need size. They need basically all the – like they are trying to recreate the pre-Kevin Durant model right now in Golden State. That's why they go out and trade for, they trade D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. They've made a lot of moves um, with that model in mind. They're trying to go find their new Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. Like that is the, that's the model right now. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Barnes was not just the model. He was the player before Durant, right? Like if you could just go get him, granted he's older, just like the rest of the core is, but would you do Andrew Wiggins for Harrison Barnes and uh, the number two pick for, and, and, you know, swap and swap the first round picks. Like, it's just an idea I have. I actually think Sacramento would need to throw more into the trade. Yeah, I, think- I don't know that you can argue that Barnes is that much more of a value than Wiggins, but it would at least, it's just, I, I don't think, I don't know what the idea is. I'm just sort of coming up with this on the spot, but I wanted to float it on, float it by you. Yeah. Two not great contracts. One is a lot worse than the other in Wiggins contract versus um, Barnes's, but it, it is fair to say that Harrison Barnes is overpaid, which is natural for Sacramento to be able to hold on to a player uh, of his caliber. I, I agree with you there. If if this conversation is to happen between these two teams involving a trade like this, Sacramento almost has to add a sweetener on top of it. And I wonder if that sweetener, if, if Nemanja Bjelica is enough of a sweetener there or probably not. But, I mean, Jabari Park. No, I think, like, I mean, Bjelica is an interesting uh, fit there because you might be able to, like, like I said, they've been looking for a floor spacing big. That's what he does. I mean, but yeah, let's call it Bjelica and Barnes. For and the twelfth pick for Wiggins, and then you take Kevon Looney's contract, which is not looking great at this point. So that's an extra sweetener, um, and the number two pick. That's something. I, I think that's definitely more intriguing, and, and I, I don't know if it would ever be put together, or either team would ever get to this point. Uh, but it's certainly something that I didn't think about and really plan on before we started this interview. So that's something I'd actually have to ponder and think about a little bit more. But Locked On Kings listeners, if you hear that trade, is that a deal that you do? Do you pull the trigger on that? Let me know at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter or via email mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. It's certainly interesting there. But we didn't bring up the main trade piece 
that the Sacramento Kings have. And that doesn't really surprise me in this Golden State Warriors conversation because Golden State has Clay Thompson. But I'm don't be surprised at all when you hear Buddy Heald's name floated around in a lot of rumors as we approach the draft, depending upon what the new general manager or president of basketball operations, whoever comes in, whoever's in power, they get to obviously decide are we going to try and make it work with Buddy or are we going to try and and capitalize on his value as one of the best shooters in the NBA? Zero interest, I imagine, in Buddy Heald from a Golden State Warriors perspective in a conversation that has to do with the number two overall pick? I don't know. Uh, It really, it depends on sort of the machinations of the trade. Like the Warriors have the $17.2 million trade exception that they got by sending Andre Iguodala into Memphis's cap space a year ago. And that's not quite enough. I don't believe Buddy Heald's contract is going to be worth what, like $19 million starting next year. So I don't know that, you know, well, obviously that, that trade exception isn't enough, but you could potentially do a bridge by where you get a third team involved, say, let's call it Minnesota. You trade, you absorb James Johnson's ex, uh, expiring salary, and then you send um, him and Kevon Looney or, or some sort of contract like that in exchange for Buddy Heald. And then obviously you have to attach the number two pick to that. Maybe that is something like Buddy Heald is sort of the guy. Like, like if what the Warriors are telling me is that they want to get a young player with all-star potential who could contribute right away. Like Buddy Heald is, can do that. Like he absolutely can do that. Like you could bring him off the bench and he could be a really great six man for you. Like that's, you could probably play alongside Clay Thompson. You could just move Clay over to the small forward spot. That's fine. Um, but I, it's not as clean of a fit as I think that they would like. And so I just don't really see a realistic pathway where Buddy Heald ends up on the Warriors. I don't either. I think it's more likely that the Kings try and uh, shop Buddy Heald to the Philadelphia 76ers. Although I will say, and I've said this before on Locked on Kings, that had Vlade not been let go or stepped down, it was more than likely. In fact, I would say it's like 80-90% chance that the Kings did try and move on from Buddy Heald just from what I was hearing. Now that someone new is coming in, maybe the Kings decide to give it another try. And even if that means Luke Walton is still the head coach of the Kings, or even if they get a new head coach, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if the Sacramento Kings start next season uh, with Buddy Heald. Uh, But it would surprise me if the Kings found a way to put together a decent trade to move up for the number two overall pick. Wes, thank you so much for taking the time, my man. It's a a pleasure to uh, have you on. uh, Keep up the great work covering this offseason, and hopefully we'll be back to basketball soon, and maybe the Kings will be back in the cellar, but I expect the Golden State Warriors to be back in the playoffs, and it'll be, I guess it'll be cool to see the Chase Center, the brand new uh, gorgeous Chase Center rocking with some playoff basketball. Yeah, hopefully we get there one day, but uh, thanks for having me on, Matt. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure indeed to talk to Wes. Go and check out his fantastic work with the Golden State Warriors on the Locked On Warriors podcast. He also writes great articles covering that team, does a great job covering all of the NBA on Locked On NBA when he hosts on Tuesdays. Just a great follow on Twitter as well. A good resource for NBA and basketball news. Yes, he covers the Golden State Warriors. Yes, they're our regional rival, but it's good to get information from him on what the Golden State Warriors are trying to do. It doesn't sound like the Kings have much of a chance to get the number two overall pick from them but hey maybe there's a deal out there and if you have an idea for one send it to me 
at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter or via email mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. And remember to let me know if you would do that deal that we talked about, sending Harrison Barnes and Nemanja Bialica along with the 12 pick to the Warriors for the number two overall pick, taking on Andrew Wiggins' contract and maybe even Kevon Looney uh, in return. Would you do that? Let me know at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter or mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I still have spots open for future fans-only podcasts if you want to be a part of that, so please uh, reach out to me via email, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com, and I'd love uh, to hear a little bit about you. Just shen, uh, send your bio, share your background as a Kings fan, how you became a Kings fan, why you want to uh, come on fans only, and hopefully we can work out a time uh, and get it scheduled and get that interview done. That'll do it for today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Tomorrow, I'm going to be joined by an athletic writer from Philadelphia. We're going to talk a lot about the Kings' potential of trading Buddy Heald to Philly and what Sacramento could realistically get in return from the 76ers. So look forward to that, and I can't wait for you to join me. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.